He said, don't you believe the Bible? I said, every word of it. I had no clue what it said. I just got saved. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, that's, that thing's just thick. I'm not supposed to know all that thing. But whatever it said, I believe it. And I know God wasn't going to say something dumb. He said, well, if I show you a verse, would you believe it? I said, I'll believe the verse, but I won't believe what you say about it. He, he read me a verse. And this is what it says. That whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. He looked at me with a smirk on his face, says, are you born of God? I said, yes, I am. He said, you still sin? I said, yes, I do. He says, then you're not saved. Yes, I am. Guess what he said? No, you're not. We went at it again. I wanted to deck him. I had no clue how to handle the flesh. I didn't want to handle the flesh. <laughs> I just wanted to handle him. <laughs> but I didn't hit him. I wanted to. Anyway, I, I walked away from him. Boy, was I mad. I wasn't mad at him. I was mad at God. Why would you put that verse in there? That verse don't belong in the Bible. But it was in there. I saw it. I read it. And that's what it said. I said, God, you messed up. I said, you shouldn't have done that. You say, you shouldn't talk to God like that. Well, I know, I know that now. But now notice here in 1 Peter in chapter 1. Look in verse 23. Very important. Being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Now, there's several things I want you to see in this verse. Verse 23, being born again. So when I trusted Christ as my Savior, I was born of God. Now, get what he says. Not of corruptible seed. Look up here. My first birth, flesh, was born of a corruptible seed. I, I got it from my parents. Guess where they got theirs? And guess where they got it from them? And then on down the line. It goes all the way back to who? Adam and Eve. And we all sin and we all die. We all mess up. That's the flesh. So I know that my new birth did not come from my old birth. God gave me a brand new birth. Brand new one. Born of God. Now this over here, this is my new birth. When I trusted Christ as my Savior, I was born again, born from above. God fathered this child. That's why I am a child of God. God is my Father. He fathered me. I was born by the incorruptible seed, which is the what? As it says here in this verse, the Word of God. Now, let me show you my new birth. You always wanted to see a new birth, right? <laughs> This is my new birth. When I was born again of a spiritual birth, God gave me a new birth. So I was just a little baby when I was born. Now, it doesn't matter if you were four years old or 40 years old or 80 years old when you got saved. You started with a new birth. You are just a child, a babe in the Lord when you trusted Christ as your Savior. So that is your new birth. This one is different from this one. For example, the day you got saved, right before you got saved, if you had looked in the mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall, crack. <laughs> you looked into the mirror, and if you were ugly, <laughs> and then you trusted the Lord, and then you looked in the mirror again, you still are. God did not change your flesh. He didn't change your old birth. Your flesh is still the same. You were ugly then. You're ugly today. <laughs> but when you trusted Christ as your Savior, He gave you a new birth. This one came from an incorruptible seed, the Word of God. This one came from a corruptible seed. 
And that's why he says that which is corrupt cannot give birth to incorruption. Can't do it. That's why the new birth cannot come from the flesh. That's why you cannot earn your salvation. That's why you can't earn the new birth. Whenever the Bible says, for by grace are you saved, that means it's not by your works. It's not by the flesh. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not of works. You couldn't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't manufacture it. The flesh can't produce the new birth. This has to come totally from a new source, the Word of God. So it is a new birth given to us by God. I want to show you something else from this verse. In the last part of verse 23, you notice it says, which liveth and abideth for how long? Forever. This new birth, born by the incorruptible seed, liveth and abideth for how long? Forever. That's why once you trust Christ as your Savior, you are a child of God for how long? Forever. And it's simple. Anyone who teaches you can be saved today and lost tomorrow don't understand the gospel. Don't understand it. If the gospel they preach can get you saved today and lost tomorrow, it means that their gospel didn't make them perfect. It didn't give them a new birth. Ours does. Duh. Ours is better. We got a better message. And when you understand the gospel, it's the most powerful thing in the world. I asked one guy, kept telling me I could lose my salvation. <laughs> I said, look, if a man could be saved today and lost tomorrow, I said, shouldn't there be at least one story, one verse, one illustration in the Bible that said so? Show me where God saved a man and lost him. Can't do it. Why? Not in there. Why would you want to teach something the Bible doesn't say? Let me go a little further. If it's possible... Can God save a man, lose a man, and then get him saved again? I says, if it's true, there ought to be at least one story, one verse, or one illustration in the Bible that said so. Shouldn't there? Well, if it's not there, why would you want to teach something the Bible doesn't teach? The Bible doesn't say that. And I double-dog dare them to prove it. They can't do it. It's the greatest thing to know is that once I trusted Christ as my Savior, I became a child of God for all eternity. Somebody says, yeah, but what about all those bad things that you do? Good question. Why do we do the bad things that we do? Well, if you're really saved, you're not going to want to go out here and do all these bad things. What I was told. You know that guy that I met that day? That was that victim at the bottom of the hill? That one that trapped me? I've been looking for him ever since. I got an answer for him now. You see, in that verse in 1 John 3, 9... Where it makes a statement, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Which one of these is born of God? That one. This is the one that's born of God. He can't commit a sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin. Duh. That's why. Now, if he cannot sin, he cannot die. Does God have a sinful nature? No. God is perfect. This child is perfect. Has no sinful nature. Born without one. And if it cannot sin, it cannot die. So how long will you be a child of God? Forever. Forever. And he'll never cast you out and never lose you. You're his child. Like he said in the book of John chapter 11, 
If a man believe in me, he shall never die. And if he die, yet shall he live. If a man believe in me, he shall never die. Though he die, yet shall he live. So simple when you put this in here. Now, take your Bible and look there in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look there in verse 17. A lot of time people take this as their favorite verse, but sometimes they don't really use it correctly. In verse 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That's a new creation. When God looked at you as a lost man, God saw you in the flesh. That's your position. But when you trusted Christ as your Savior, God sees you now in the spirit, spiritual birth. That's how God sees you. That's your position. And it can't change. Doesn't talk about your state. This is your standing. This is your position in Christ. And because you are now in Christ, and this can't change, this is a new creation. God didn't say, this did not come from the old. The old did not produce this. This came from God. Now, this was your old condition. You were a child of the devil going to hell. Now you are a child of God going to heaven. This is a new condition. And this one wants everything new. This is the old man. He liked everything old. New, everything new. So he says here, last part of verse 17, Behold, all things are become new. They'll become new. This is a new birth. So God has something new for this one. Now this little baby gets hungry. Gets hungry, wants to eat. Well, what does he desire? First Peter chapter 2, he desired the sincere milk of the word that he may grow thereby. So you need to feed this new birth. But he feeds from this. Now, how many of you in this room have ever heard of a guy named uh, Mike Tyson? You ever heard of Mike Tyson? Raise your hand. Let me see your hand. Just about everybody in this room has heard of Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, he's a bad man. Ask him. He'll tell you he's a bad man. Now, Mike Tyson loves to beat up on people. And he's, he's one tough dude. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to be serious with me. You don't have to hold back. It won't hurt my feelings one way or the other. But how many of you believe that when Mike Tyson was in his prime, he could whoop me? Let me see. Okay, bad illustration. No, but Mike Tyson, he's bad. He could whoop me. But how would you like to take this little child and put this little child in the boxing ring with Mike Tyson? Now, over here, this is Mike Tyson. That's your old sinful nature. It's your flesh. You see, your biggest enemy is not the religion of Islam. It's not communism. It's not anything else. It's not the politicians. It's not your next door neighbor. It's not your wife. Now, your biggest enemy is that person that lives on the inside of you called your old sinful nature. That's why you're going to get defeated. Because of sinful nature. God didn't do anything with him. God didn't change him. God simply gave you something new. Somebody said, well, when I got saved, God took away all my sinful desires. He did not. What did he do? Give them back to you later? <laughs> and if he took yours away, why didn't he take everybody's sinful desires away? And you wouldn't even need a preacher. I mean, I'd be out of a job. Only we got jobs because y'all got problems. <laughs> y'all got hang-ups. If you know how to do everything, you wouldn't need us. 
but you do. Now, this is the flesh. At Mike Tyson lives inside of you. God says, desperate, deceitful, wicked. He wants to do you in. He's like a little terrorist. You can call him Osama bin Laden or Saddam Hussein, but he's a little terrorist. It lives inside of you. He wants to terrorize you, your flesh. How would you like to put the new child in a ring with Mike Tyson? What chance does the child have? You see why so many of God's children can't make it? Never learn how to walk with God? Because Mike Tyson just beats them up all the time. There's nobody outside. It's what's going on in the inside of you. And see, some Christians are so spiritually skinny they could use a Cheerio for a hula hoop. <laughs> some of y'all have never studied the Word of God enough to get strong to withstand any temptation or pressure from, from anything. And so what you got to do is get them strong. Now take your Bible and turn there to the book of Romans in chapter 7. Romans in chapter 7. And I want to show you this. What the Apostle Paul had to face after being saved about 25, 30 years. Romans chapter 7 and look in verse 15. Now this is, this is the Christian. Now this is the believer. He says in verse 15, For that which I do, I allow not. But what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Yet then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for the will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do, I would not, and then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Isn't that clear? <laughs> clear about? So what, 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 did you, what did you just say? Well, boil it all down, it means this. Every time I want to do good, evil is present with me. Every time I want to do right, you've got a fight going back and forth. It says, it is no more I that do it, but that sinful nature that I have dwelling within me. That's just why I do it. People say, well, if you're really saved, you're not going to want to go out here and do bad things. You don't know the Bible. You see, God didn't change your old sinful nature. You are as capable as any lost man of committing any sin in the book. You can do everything that a lost man can do. You say, well, if you're really saved, you wouldn't want to do that. Yes, you can. God gave you a new birth. And you can yield to these new desires, or you can yield to the same desires you've always had. And sometimes a Christian walks in the Spirit, and sometimes he walks in the flesh. And it's like sitting in a car, and the Lord said, I want you to drive. Mike Tyson says, no, you're not. I've been driving this car for a long time, and you ain't driving. You're going to have a fight. He said, we're going to go where I want to go. I'm going to church today. Shut up! You're going to stay home and watch Batman. <laughs> so you stay home and watch Batman. You'd be surprised how many people lose the battles. And they don't have victory in their Christian life. I never have to battle some of those things. I've already done made up my mind. And so you have this old sinful nature trying to destroy you. And many Christians he has. He's going to whoop you. You may show mercy to Mike Tyson, but he's not going to show mercy to you. He wants to ruin your life, ruin your testimony, and he doesn't care how he has to do it. And this is why a man stops loving his wife, and this is why the kids are rebellious and all the rest, because you've got an old sinful nature inside of you that terrorizes you. And terror 
destroys a Christian. That's why some Christians, they live in fear. They're afraid of growing old. They're afraid because of the stock market. They're afraid of all the things that are coming up on the earth. They're afraid of just the health problems and the financial problems. They live in fear. And yet the God that can give you eternal life can provide you a hamburger from day to day. And if you die, you say, well, I have to have food. I have to have that. I No, you don't. You have to do right. And if you die doing right, so be it. David said, if he slay me, yet will I trust him. Now take your Bible and turn over there to the book of Galatians in chapter 5. Galatians in chapter 5. You'll notice there in verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How do you walk in the spirit? Do you float through the air like a haint? <laughs> walking in the spirit is walking in obedience to the word of God. As you learn the word of God, walk in obedience to the word of God. And when you walk in obedience to the word of God, you will have, in verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. When you get one of these, you'll get all of these. It's not fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So when you have love, you can have all the rest of them. Get them all together at one time. When you walk in the Spirit, you'll have the fruit of the Spirit. Now, do you want peace and love and joy and happiness in your life? Walk in the Spirit. Walk in obedience to the Word of God, and you can have it. But what about the person, the Christian, that doesn't do that? Well, look there in verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit. The Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one to the other. Look up here. The flesh hates the Spirit. The Spirit hates the flesh. They fight all the time, back and forth. Where are they doing all this fighting? Inside of you. Where does Mike Tyson live? Inside of you. Where does this one live? Inside of you. You only got one body. See, I got my new birth. I just didn't get my new body yet. One day, I'm going to get my new body to go with my new birth. Duh. But I haven't got it yet. So right now, I'm supposed to yield this body to this one. That's what God says. Yield my body. And so this is where the battle begins in a Christian's life. And... Whenever you feed this one and get strong, and this one comes along and says, I think I'll have a course. Now you're not. You're going to have milk. And you win. But you see, if I was to take Mike Tyson and put him in a box, give him nothing but bread and water for about six months, he's now down to about 50, 60 pounds. I think I can whip him. <laughs> I'd be scared, but I think I could take him on. So what you do is you don't feed those desires of the flesh. You start feeding your sinful, lustful desire, and they'll grow and become monsters, and they'll destroy your life. They'll destroy your testimony. And don't blame it on God. You made the decision. You chose to walk in the flesh. Now listen, if you walk in the flesh, a Christian, walk in the flesh, what can you do? What's the limitation? Remember, you can choose the sin you choose to walk in, but God can choose the form of Chastening. Isn't that fair? You can tell your kids, you can choose to do the sin, but mommy and daddy are going to choose the chastisement, the discipline. So you can't live as you please and get away with it. You can't walk after the flesh and get away with it. Can you walk after the flesh? Yes, you can. Can you live like you please? Yes, you can. Can you get away with it? No, you can't. And God's not going to send you, get out of here and go to hell, I'm through. You know, he's going to say, come on in. Come in, come in. And buddy, you're, you're already dancing around and holding your backside. You go, you know what he's going to do? He's going to beat the tar out of you. 
Remember this, very simply, as a child of God, you can either be an obedient child or disobedient, but you're still his child. If you'll be an obedient child, God will bless you here, reward you there. If you're disobedient, God's going to beat the tar out of you here, maybe take you home before your time. But you're still his child, and you're going to heaven when you die. God will never cast you out, and he'll never lose you. But once you're his child, he's going to discipline you as his child. But look what he says in verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. These are the things that a Christian is capable of doing. This is written to the believer, not the lost man. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, reveling, such like. Of which I tell you before, as I told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Look up here. Flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And these are things that come from the flesh. It lets you know when you're walking in the flesh. What is it producing in your life? And if I walk in the Spirit, I will bring forth the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the happiness, and long-suffering, all those good things that I want. So if you go through life and you're miserable, good. It was your choice. If you're miserable, it's a choice you made. Don't whine and don't pine. It's your choice. You can be as happy as you choose to be. You can be as filled with joy as much as you want. You can have all the peace you want. They're choices you and I make. And some people don't like the choices they make. Most adults today are suffering the consequences of bad decisions they made when they were teenagers. I could go further, but I don't need to go that further. But look right here. In chapter 6, he makes a statement in verse 7. Be not deceived. You see, I have the spirit birth, and I got a flesh birth. And I can walk in the spirit. I can walk in the flesh. God says, don't be deceived. How do you deceive God? By mocking God. How do you mock God? Mocking sin. It won't get me. It won't get me. I can walk in the flesh. It won't get me. Like the mosquito going around the flames of the fire. It won't get me. It won't get me. It won't get me. Get him. You play with fire, you're going to get what? You're going to get burned. And he says, if you walk after the flesh, you're going to suffer the consequences. And a lot of Christians are suffering the consequences. So because you know Christ is your Savior, you're His child, you're going to heaven when you die, walk with God. And you'll find out if you don't, it's kind of like going through life pushing a rope. You ever try to push a rope? Just gets all balled up. And a lot of Christians' lives just get all balled up pushing a rope. You know you get one end of that rope and just start walking, it straightens itself out. Do you know if you just let... God, hold you by the hand. Just walk with the Lord. Just do all the right you know to do. Just keep trusting the Lord and walk with the Lord. You know, everything else in your life straightens out. But you see, you don't walk with God. You'll never get everything straightened out. You're always going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and nothing ever gets solved. And there's nothing but problem, headache, so forth, all the time, because you'd never learn how to cast all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. Because you just won't walk with God because you don't really trust Him. You don't think He's going to keep His word. You think he's going to fail you. He's going to let you down. He'll never fail you. He never fails. He's perfect. He's God. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you are a child of the flesh, but you're not a child of the Spirit. Only ones that get to go to heaven is those with a new birth. If you don't have a new birth, you can't go. But you can take care of that Real easy. All you have to do is believe what he said. God says that he loves you. Now, he hates your sin, but he loves you. He wants you to go to heaven.
But you have to be perfect, and none of us are perfect. Only we get to be perfect for this new birth. So God says you can't save yourself. You can't earn eternal life. You can't work your way to heaven. You'll never be good enough. Believe that Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh, that he came into this world because he loved us, hates our sin, took our sins, and paid for them on the cross. You see, the reason you don't have to turn from your sin to be saved because you have to die for your sins. You don't have to turn from them. You have to pay for them. So he paid for them. So I have a payment for all my sins. I don't have to worry about stopping anything. To tell a man you have to turn from sin means you've got to stop being bad. If you tell a man you've got to make and commit your life to Christ, then you're telling them he's got to be good. Got to start being good. You don't have to stop being bad and start being good. What about just as I am without one plea? Just like I am. I'm a sinner. Christ loved me. Paid for my sins. Said if I would accept what he did for me, he'd put this payment to my account, and I'd get to go to heaven on what Christ did. No gimmicks to it. If Christ came in here right now, and he offered you eternal life, and you accepted it, what would you have? If it's eternal life, and it lasts forever, and all your sins are paid, where would you go when you die? To heaven. So can you know you're going to heaven before you die? Well, of course. That's what it's all about. So will you right now, in the quietness of this moment, will you trust Jesus Christ to take you to heaven when you die? Let's pray, shall we? Every head bow and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I'm talking just to you. I'm not going to have you stand up or come forward. I'm not going to pin you against a wall. I'm not going to trap you. And I don't want to embarrass you for anything in the world. So I do it with heads bowed and eyes closed so that you can just talk to the Lord. You see, you don't make a mistake this way. Only the true and living God knows who you are and where you are and what you've done, what you're doing, what you're going to do. God knows all of that. And he loves you. Would you believe that he died on that cross and paid for your sins? Will you trust him to take you to heaven whenever you die? Say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died for me. And I'm going to trust you as my Savior right now. Friend, if you've already done it before, you don't have to do it again. But if today, for the first time, you say, this made sense to me. And I want to know I'm going to heaven when I die. And preacher, I'd like you to pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Is there anyone at all? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you come forward. But God knows who you are. I just want to know so I can have prayer for you. I'd like to know what I said made sense to you. Friend, you that have trusted Christ as your Savior, you're God's child. You're going to heaven when you die. Have you been walking in the Spirit? Or have you been walking in the flesh? What have you been worried about that you ought to be trusting about? Talking to the Lord about instead of talking to everybody else about. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Study His Word. Feed those new desires. And you meet with God's people. You pray and you witness and you do the things that are right. You become a strong Christian. 